so another episode guys um and uh, this april i'm starting a new series on women and women in leadership and my first guest is someone i was really really looking forward to meeting and the thing is i actually came across her through linkedin and um, so I saw some of her posts, her inspirational posts, and I said, I'll definitely have to reach out to this lady and I hope she could be my guest on the show. And guess what? It was so easy. Like I reached out, we had a conversation and immediately she said, I'm interested and we can do this. So my guest today is Rebecca. I would let her introduce herself at some point. Um, but please uh, like, share, comment and subscribe. Let me know what you think about uh, this conversation. This conversation is really, really important to me actually. And um, I'd love to you guys to actually let me know what you think because I'll be sharing the journeys of uh, a, a number of women um, in different sp spheres of life and um, they'll be talking about their journeys their journeys to leadership because it's not been easy i've shared all my previous episodes about my journey to leadership and so these women have inspired me or are inspiring me and that's why i have rebecca here today and i'm hoping her journey and her story will inspire you so rebecca welcome to the show Thank you. I'm really, really humbled and I'm honored that you agreed to be part of the show. And the thing is, we actually know each other. But before I talk about that, maybe just introduce yourself and who you are, your name, obviously, who you are, what you do for um, our listeners. Thank you so much, Rahela. I'm super excited to be here. And thank you so much for having me here during this series about women. I think it's so important. Yeah to have women and to be able to see women who are in places that you aspire to be in. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. So I am a leadership mentor and I help black women professionals specifically step into the next level of leadership by owning their voice and creating an impactful personal brand wow. that speaks, you know, I'm the leader yeah. um, in a way that positions themselves, but in a way that also helps them have that confidence to be able to speak out, to speak their voice, speak their truth, and yeah. really claim that position in that proverbial, you know, seat at the table. Oh, wow. That is so interesting. I did not even know that. I thought you're just a mentor, you're a coach, leadership coach, but this is quite interesting. And you've said something that I'm going to ask you at some point, but then you're also a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a sister, you're a daughter. So anything you want to share with us um, on that on that particular on those particular uh, responsibilities that you have especially being yeah. a mom because i know most women are excited about being moms uh, but any that you feel uh, you want to talk about or you want to share what is something that you can share with us today about any of those responsibilities yeah so i have been in my career for 10 years yeah. but five of those have been when i was a mom so yeah. my firstborn is now five oh. and then i have two girls twins who are two years old and i think it's important also for us to acknowledge the challenges that mm -hmm. come with being a mom yeah. being in a career yeah. running a business for us you know some of the women like me yeah. um, but at the same time it's important to also acknowledge that it is possible mm -hmm. 
it's just a matter of first of all being really good with managing your time and yeah. protecting your time yeah um giving yourself grace mm-hmm. but then also knowing that there are different seasons in your life yeah so when my kids were very young mm-hmm. like the first one to one and a half years mm-hmm. i really focused my priority was solely on taking care of them yeah you know every spare minute I had, it was solely to them. Um, And as they grew older, I've then been able to sort of, you know, refocus on other areas of my life. So for me, just being very cognizant of Mm -hmm. what season you are in as a mom is important because you really can't do it all. We only have 24 hours in a day. And there's only so much time management techniques you can adopt. So for me, just knowing what season you are in Mm -hmm. and maximizing on that and yeah. being very protective of your time and yeah. aligning your time to that season wow. is really what's going to like take you to the next level wow she's already advising all the moms out there how to juggle the time your time being a mom being a career leader being a coach being all these things that she is so thank you for sharing that and i mean the way you're talking about it it feels like you're so passionate about being a mom you really enjoy it so maybe tell us what do you spend uh doing with your children like what's a fun activity that you do with your kids that you really look forward to yeah that is really really exciting what would you do it's actually quite interesting um because maybe it doesn't sound as exciting but i try and make sure i am there with them during bath time so Mm. in the evenings um, I set aside at least one hour, so yeah. seven to eight. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows, even at work, that yeah. like I don't take calls during that time wow. because during that time I'm either like helping, you know, bath them, putting them to sleep, mm-hmm. reading them their bedtime stories, mm-hmm. or doing homework with my five-year-old son now. Oh, wow. um, so it's not really exciting stuff, but I think just being present yeah. really um, helps the kids um, know that we support them, we yeah. love them, um, yeah. and they kind of feel our presence and they don't feel like, you know, they're sharing us with our cell phones or yeah. with other things that we're doing. So. Yeah. I just try and be present and use the time that I have yeah. to do whatever needs to be done during yeah. that time. And and that's very important. And I love that you say that being present, that mm-hmm. is something that is not common in a lot of households, being present. And the fact that you as you are as busy as you are and you're doing all these things, but then this one thing is really important and you make it as important as it is, as the way you're explaining it, that's really, really something that obviously I'm aspiring to when I become a mom. So thank you for sharing that as well. So when I grow up, I, I hope I'll be like that. But <laughs> yeah, family, family is very, very important. Yeah. So um, yeah, so obviously with what you've shared about uh, being a career leader, being um, a professional coach, you came from somewhere, you have a story to share. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can start this off from how you started your career. You can even share uh, the detail of where you started your career, if you're comfortable sharing, and how it started from whatever time it started to now, and the lessons that you have learned from the time you started your career till now, both good and bad, because every story has a good and about so obviously let's start with the good so that we have a bit of inspiration but obviously the bad will also motivate us to learn several things about how to navigate through you know professional life through uh, certain um, environments especially the corporate world because the corporate world can be quite murky and I mean I've shared my story about my corporate um, and life and my professional life in the corporate world so maybe just start us off from where you started your career and um, is this something that you actually dreamt about is this 
what you dreamt about when you were growing up. You said, I want to be a professional coach. I want to be um, um, a consultant. Is this something that you dreamt about? Yeah, that's a good question. And mm. I don't know if you ever have that clarity on what you want to do yeah. when you are young. Um, maybe if you have like the right mentorship at a yeah. young age. Yeah. Um, but for me, I kind of got into the profession I am in now mm. um, in natural science, really because my teachers saw that I was good at maths. Oh, wow. And they identified and said, okay, given that either accounting or actuarial science would be good for you. And yeah, yeah when I Googled what the two um, entailed and what the salaries looked like, yeah. the actuary looked more <laughs> sort of attractive. So Wait, so you're saying, okay, I'm sorry for asking this. So you're saying you, got in, you did actuarial science because of, okay, obviously because you're good at math, but then because of the salary part, that was the second motivator, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also not, I think we need to stop shaming people yeah. for um, using income as, as yeah. sort of a motivator, a motivator for yeah. the profession they want to go for. Because mm -hmm. it's important because money gives you certain things exactly. that that you can't get if you don't have it exactly. right there are certain things experiences you can experience yeah. um and happiness you can get yeah. from being able to afford certain things so yeah. for me that was really important mm -hmm. um but another aspect was the challenge because mm -hmm. i had read about how challenging it was how okay. few actuaries there were and yeah. it kind of felt like this elite profession yeah so i thought okay let me go for it yeah um it was tough so mm -hmm. It was really, really tough. We actually started as a class of 300. And wow. in our graduation year, we were 35. Wow. So like literally 10% of the class <laughs> wow. graduated. Like it was that hard. Yeah, it was wow. that hard. It was so, so hard. Um, yeah. So many times I was like, is this really what I wanted to do? <laughs> yeah. But I knew I couldn't, I couldn't quit. Do any um, other, yeah. I was on a scholarship. Oh, my wow. parents would, you know, they wouldn't exactly afford the, yeah. the tuition that I was um, being paid for. So yeah. I knew I had to follow through and I had to get this wow. done. So let me ask um, about your parents, because you mentioned your parents. When you mm -hmm. said you wanted to do actual science, you know, the African society. And I've talked about it before with my other guests. Did your dad or your mom tell you, OK, I, I love it that you want to this, do this actual science and maybe it was the buzzword at that particular point or the buzz career or the buzz uh, course, I don't know what to call it. But did your parents also tell you to think about the common uh, courses that were out there? So engineering, doc, uh, medicine, doctor, yeah. what was the other one? Lawyer. So it was yeah. either engineering, being a doctor or being a lawyer. Did your parents ever push you to that direction or when you went to them and told them actual science, they were like, okay. We're good with this. Let's go with this. Yeah, actually, I don't know if they were a bit progressive, but yeah. my dad was very supportive. Okay. Um, and I guess he also gave me that independence because maybe he knew I would make the right decision based yeah. on what I was good at. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really feel like I was being pushed to a certain direction. Mm. I don't even remember us having the discussion of whether I want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, the typical yeah. Yeah. professions that yeah. African parents want their kids to have. So I guess I was fortunate in, in that way. 
but I also had the scholarship opportunities. Mm. So that also opened a lot of doors for me and yeah. lifted off the pressure from oh, my nice, parents. Nice, nice. So actual science, you finish part of the 35. Congratulations. Thank so you. what happens after that? Do you get um, a good job? Because obviously mm. when you leave a campus, your parents again have an expectation that you're going to get this white collar job yeah. that is going to be amazing, that is going to give you uh, the money that you deserve. But what happened after that? Like after you left school? Yeah. So after I left school, um, I, I was fortunate to get a job even mm -hmm. before I had finished my last year. So yeah. by the time I was graduating a month later, I was already in my first job. Oh, nice. um, but, you know, as I was sharing earlier with you, mm -hmm. my the profession I'm, I'm in is quite heavily male dominated. Mm -hmm. um, and so the organization I went into, it was an audit firm, one of the big four. Mm -hmm. um, in actuarial consulting, I was actually the only black woman in the team. Oh, wow. And I hadn't anticipated this. Yeah. And I kind of feel like no one ever gives you a rule book, you mm -hmm. know, the rules mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. the corporate mm -hmm. game. Yeah. And so I had to, you know, wallow myself and figure out how to handle, you know, being the only one and kind of being a misfit really yeah. in this team. Because yeah. come lunches, people would talk about their travels, mm -hmm. you know. I only went to the village, right, <laughs> to visit my yeah, grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Or they would talk about these fancy restaurants and cuisines that wow. they enjoyed. Wait, the and this and... is their first job? Yeah, this is their first job. Wow. I mean, they came from really elite families, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, given actuarial science is an yes. expensive yeah. degree yeah. to yeah. study. Yeah. So, you know, it made sense that the families they came for were mm -hmm. quite uh, well to do. So. Yeah. It was quite interesting, that dynamic, and it obviously affected my professional career yeah, because yeah. I couldn't relate with my leaders in a way mm. that my peers could. Um, and, and there were, of course, biases as well that yeah. I had to face that yeah. were flung at me continuously about yeah. black women, you know. Yeah if you can't speak properly or if you say the wrong English word in a yes. meeting, you're kind of like marked as, okay, she's not wow. ready to talk in meetings, you know? Um, and, and I had to go through all these sort of growth wow. pains. Yeah. Um, and, and it was kind of hard because I had to go through them alone. Yeah. There were no other black women in leadership in, in that organization yeah. at the time. So there was no one I could go to and ask, you know, how did you handle this yeah. when, when yeah. you went through this? Wow. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have other mentors in my life, not yeah. necessarily in my line of career. Um, my husband at the time we were dating, he had oh. kind of gone through the same experience yeah. in, in London, in a different country, but yeah. he had gone through the same experience. Yeah. Um, and I leaned on to those people. And I think that's really what wow. sort of motivated me wow. to to coach other yeah. women because wow. I know that this is something that I lacked and I know that a lot wow. of other black women lacked yeah. that space, that voice to speak out, to be themselves, yeah. you know, to, to not be afraid of, of speaking in a meeting yes. and to not be afraid of saying the wrong English oh, wow. word or saying it in a sort of wrong yeah. accent. Yeah. I mean, it's not even wrong. I shouldn't be saying wrong, but yeah. I guess in, in the eyes of other people. It is. Yeah. So let yeah. me just take a pause there because what you're saying, is actually really profound mm -hmm. and I feel like it's also my story but let me first ask in this organization was it um you said it was male dominated but was it uh, Caucasian were it Caucasians or it's just black yeah. so it was a mix of both yeah so I was the only black woman in the team wow. so it was pretty much 
the whole team was was white caucasians yeah um and even in the organization at large at the time they were trying to increase their you know black statistics yeah um but it was also challenging because you know there's only a limited number of black graduates yeah Yeah. um and so now it's much better in terms of the distribution and the diversity but at that time 10 years ago yeah conversations around diversity were was kind of even even a misnomer. It was oh. it was hard to bring up yeah. such topics. Yeah. Um. And sometimes I also felt like I was that trophy, you know, the trophy black girl wow. in the team, right? Oh, that I would goodness. be put in magazines just to show that you know they had the statistics to show that they oh, were hiring goodness. and doing their part in diversity. So there were all sorts of challenges that yeah. I had to go through. Yeah. And I didn't really have a rule book the way you would have, yeah. you know, your your study books in university yeah. to tell you what to do when exactly. you have this problem. Oh. Um, and so that's that's really what inspired me yeah. to, to go on this path and to wow. mentor other women. Wow. That is, oh, my goodness. Like she's sharing and I'm like, wow, this... Okay, not my, it not my, it might not be exactly what I went through, but mm-hmm. it is similar because I remember when I joined my first proper job, like my first proper professional job, it was with an international organization, and I remember like when I used to go for meetings, I used to be told like either you're not speaking properly or you're not speaking to the level that these people want you to speak at. So I had um, not a supportive boss at that time. And she was a woman, which um, is quite unfortunate because I went through hell with her. And I've talked about this before. She was not supportive. She w- she would actually call me to her, me, to, to her office and she would tell me to tell her exactly what I would say in a meeting. What, how would you even know what to say exactly in a meeting? So obviously from that particular point, I was intimidated. So if I go to that meeting, I had like in my mind, I'm thinking about the words, but then they're not coming out mm-hmm. the way I'd want them to come out because I was scared. I was scared because my boss was looking at me because this client had an expectation that I'm going to deliver whatever I'm going to deliver with such high expectation. So it was really a lot of um, stress. So I never, like my first years in, in that particular organizations were in that particular organization was really, really stressful for me. So what mm. you're talking about, I can only imagine because for you, the dynamic was even different and there was a lot of things going on. So being black, uh, being the only woman, and then you don't have anyone to sort of navigate you or to help you navigate through this. And, mm. and maybe let me ask um, your mom, um, I'm not sure if she went through a similar thing, but did you ever go to her and tell her, I'm going through the through this and this. Can you help me? Can you give me advice and all that? Did mm-hmm. she ever tell you anything about it? And if she did, what, what was that? So my mom was a doctor. Um, mm. She passed away when I was yeah. young. Sorry about so that. So yeah. I guess we didn't get to that point where she could tell me about the journey and, yeah. and what she went through. But yeah. In her organization where she worked at the hospital, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of black people by mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Um, because they, they had this uh, program in Cuba where they were taking a lot of mm-hmm. students to study. So by the time she was, you know, working mm-hmm. um, in South Africa, there were a lot of other black women mm-hmm. um, and peers. In such that she could, yeah. 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 So I guess the dynamic was different in the in the sense that her profession already mm-hmm. had some level of diversity yeah. whereas mine even up to this date mm-hmm. is still 
predominantly white male. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is this is really interesting. So yeah. you you're in this organization, you're going through all this. So you reach out to your mentors. So mm. take us through what you went through after that, the journey after that. And you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I also had to take a look in the mirror mm -hmm. because obviously as as a black woman, there are a lot of cultural, how should I say this? There are a lot of cultural norms you grow up with mm -hmm. that actually work against you when you are in the corporate setting. Yeah. You know, like do not speak back to your elders. Mm. Do not talk when your elders are talking. Yeah. And all those things actually work against you when you are in a corporate mm -hmm. setting because... Mm -hmm you are actually expected to challenge the status yeah, quo. Yeah. You are expected to raise your voice. Mm -hmm. You are expected to speak very confidently, mm. even when your boss and your boss's boss and exactly. the whole line of, of reporting is yeah. in the room. Mm. Um, and so I had to take a look in the mirror and start to, I mean, I started small, right? Yeah. So in meetings, I would make sure I say at least one thing. Mm -hmm. I would prepare the heck out of meetings before. Yeah. Now it comes much more naturally yeah um but i realized that i had a lot of work to do in mm. comparison to my white peers mm. who grew up in settings where it was okay to speak yes. back to your parents it was okay to challenge yeah. them and to say no i don't agree yeah um and and i think that's also another area that as black women we kind of need to Mm. to i don't know if it's accepting yeah. but we need to also look at ourselves and see whether the way we are positioning ourselves yeah. is, is in a way that against. gives us that yeah. credibility as yes. leaders is yes. in a way that actually puts us out there in comparison mm. to our peers who might naturally have that confidence wow. and you know that presence wow. of, of a leader Wow, and, and that is very true. What you're talking about is very true. And I've seen a lot of women not getting to the level that they need to get at because mm. these cultural um, um, things that have been obviously ingrained in most of us, it's stopping most of the women that I know to get to that level. And and you've said something very, very profound as well about you know being marked or being uh, labeled as aggressive, boisterous. Mm. Like mm. when you speak up during a meeting, why is she speaking up? Why is she saying this? Women mm -hmm. are meant to be, women are not meant to speak in certain uh, uh, places. Women are just meant to be, is it not speak and be heard or be heard and not speak? Mm -hmm. Whichever, yes. Be seen and not heard. Be seen, yes. Be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. and, and I've gone through that as well. So I'm glad you're sharing that because... I've been labeled as aggressive. I've been labeled as boisterous. I've been labeled all these things by men, men who are leaders in the organizations that I've worked for, men who are my bosses, men who are my managers. Like at one point I was being told, Rahel, when you get into a meeting, just keep quiet. And I'm like, I cannot keep quiet if something is disturbing me. So why are you telling me to keep quiet? That means you do not want or you are not comfortable with my contribution, which is a problem. So what you're saying about women getting out of that norm, getting out of that and uh, labeling the cultural um, dynamic that we've been taught as African women, as black women, because mm. when a black woman speaks out loud or when they speak their mind and they speak it with such confidence, they will be labeled as something. Angry. Yes. Angry. Yeah. You've heard Aggressive. of, yes, you've heard of the angry yeah. black woman. Mm -hmm. And we try so hard not to be the angry black woman, whether it's at work, whether it's in relationships. So you're just there submissive. Yeah. I really don't know if we're going to get over that. 
But I'm glad that you are doing it and I am doing it. And I'm hoping that other women can actually get out of that and do it. Because let me tell you, and I, I, I shared it as well, people are going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Men are going to hate you. Other women are going to hate you because they'll be like, why is this person being like this? Mm-hmm. They just need to be like me because I'm quiet, I'm chilled. And all these opportunities will come to them. But I do not believe in being quiet. I do not believe in just submitting, sub, being sub, or being subdued to a level where you cannot speak your mind just because you are a woman and just because someone has told you to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting because if the, you know, if the same thing is said or the same comment is said by a white woman, it's accepted, wow. right? Wow. Um, and yes. I noticed that a lot in, in my career, how yeah. my peers... Um, and some of my friends that I made who are white yeah. or Asian would, would say the same comment or would make the same gestures in meetings and it would be accepted. Yeah. But as a black woman, there was always this bias. Even mm. before you speak, wow. that was like, okay, she, she doesn't have much to yeah. say or, you know, whatever she's saying is not important. And then the same comment would be made by like a man or yeah. someone else. And it would be accepted, right? Yeah. Um, and I think those are some of the items that, that we really need to raise, yeah. especially if you're in an organization that is pro-diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Now we are fortunate to have those avenues mm. where we can speak and be open mm. about some of these aggressions that we, exactly. we go through. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's unconscious biases. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't even mm-hmm. realize yes. that they're projecting these biases mm-hmm. onto you. But mm. when you give that feedback, um, maybe in an anonymous space, if you yeah. do have that avenue or channel in your organization, yeah. it's really going to help people to be more aware of exactly. these issues. Yeah. And, and, and I'm hoping that actually women who are listening, this is something that you can actually do. And if you're scared of doing it openly, do it anonymously. And I'm hoping that you get the support that you require because... Rebecca, let me tell you, I'm all about women winning. And the thing is, for me, women winning is not about having a leadership position or sitting at the helm of an organization. Women win, winning to me means like you're actually fulfilling your purpose here on earth. And you feel it like when you go home at the end of the day, you actually feel like I did something to change the life of someone because you should be all about other people, not just about yourself. So for me, women winning is just, you know, you are in your space, the space that God created you to be. That yeah. for me is winning. Mm-hmm. And that's why even when I'm, I'm I'm doing this series about women and women in leadership, for me, leadership is not about a title. Uh, Rebecca did not say she's the CEO of an organization or anything of that sort, but she is a leader in her own right because whatever she's doing is leading people. You know, it's taking Mm -hmm. someone from one capacity to the other and making them a better person. That is being a leader. Yeah. So maybe let's go back to your story. So you're in this organization, you get uh, what from your mentors or you get a bit of inspiration from your mentors. So how do you navigate through it? And how do you do you get out of this organization and go to a different one? Or it's the same organization that you've been in and how, you know, how did you get to this level now of consulting and now being comfortable in the space that you're in? Yeah, so I contemplated leaving a few times, mm-hmm. um, but I realized, and also with the help of my mentors, that I was going to find the same challenges elsewhere. Exactly. So I needed to overcome these challenges mm-hmm. in the space that I was in. Yeah. Um, and I gave myself that challenge to start speaking out mm-hmm. to, if 
you know, preparation needs to be done ahead of a client meeting, exactly. I would over-prepare, right? Instead mm. of putting an hour, I would put in two mm. so that I also had the expertise behind me because it is important to know your stuff, mm. right? Um, and to not just speak, you know, how you've heard the phrase, oh, she's, she speaks so much, but there's there's no substance yeah. in what she's yeah. saying. Yeah. So for me, that, that was the challenge I gave myself. Um, and I also made sure I qualified um, by passing my professional papers yeah. as fast as my peers. Yeah. Um, I guess that that was more for validation. Mm. It was probably not necessary, yeah. but I felt I needed to validate myself yeah. and establish myself as not just the black girl yeah. um, kind of trophy hire, yeah. um, but that I actually had something to offer on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also started to identify people who were more supportive towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that success cannot happen in a vacuum exactly so i would look for people who would maybe just give a compliment Mm. or say something more than others would say Mm. and i would try to work more with those people Mm. because that's where i grew because they also gave me more opportunities and more of you know the exciting job opportunities Mm -hmm. that my other peers were getting Mm -hmm. um and then i would also try and solicit feedback even if it was you know and well unsolicited feedback i would ask for it even outside of a performance review cycle um and i think a combination of all these things Mm -hmm. and also being very um being very aware Mm -hmm. even something as simple as speaking louder so Mm -hmm. one of my leaders said i don't speak loud enough Mm -hmm. like in in a meeting no one can hear me Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so i would be very conscious conscious and aware like right now that i am projecting my voice and not speaking at a low tone which could suggest that i'm not confident about what i'm saying Mm. so sometimes it's even the small things that you don't realize but when you get that feedback Mm. and when you take it with positivity exactly um can make a big difference so those are the things that i did and slowly Mm. i started to get out of my shell i started to be unafraid Mm. even when negative sort Mm. of biases um or you know sort of negative perceptions Mm. were thrown at me i was so much more able to handle them i kind of grew a thicker skin yeah but i had to get out of that shell i had to step out i had to start speaking Mm. my truth my Mm. voice my opinions Mm. without the fear of what if people think this is stupid or what if people Mm. don't even listen to me um and it it takes that practice continuously And the more you do it, the more confident. It's it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Yeah. The more you do it, the more confident exactly. you become. The more you do it, yeah. the more opportunities you get to speak out even more, to yeah. stand out even more, and the yeah. more your confidence yeah. builds. Um, and that's really how I, I got into where I am now, mm. leading a team of 11 really super intelligent oh, wow. actuaries. Um, yeah. And well on the path to, to the directorship in my organization. Yeah. But it didn't just happen... I think a, another misconception mm-hmm. is people will see your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. They'll just see the cover page of your life, <laughs> but they don't realize the work that the has gone has, into exactly, getting to, exactly. you know, like where you mm-hmm. are now consulting to big companies. Yeah. They don't see the work and exactly. the challenges you exactly. faced. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go through those challenges. You yes. have to go through that failure yeah. in order to get to where you are now. Exactly. So I would definitely highly encourage all the women to to take those opportunities yeah. put themselves out there you know raise your hand when there are opportunities yeah. to to stand out and speak yeah. out because 
it's only what people see that you can be recognized exactly. for, right? Yeah. If you are just keeping quiet and you're saying my work will speak for itself, other people will even take credit for your work. Yeah. I've had those experiences yeah. where other people completely take credit for mm. the work I've done because mm. I'm just there in the background yeah. not saying anything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like I'll not even ask you like what are your parting what is your parting show? Because this is really, really profound. And let me ask just before we, we close this conversation, have you had support from other women? Um and if you've not had support, like what have you been doing about it? And if you've had support, what are this we what did these women teach you or what did they instill in you to make you feel like I can actually go on and my journey is worth it? Because you said something very profound. There's nothing good that comes easy. I'm paraphrasing, but there's nothing good that comes easy. So you have to go through um the journey of growing pains mm -hmm. for you to get to where you are. And honestly, I believe that as if it's very tough, then I think your journey is actually going to be greater. So if you're going through a tough journey right now, honestly, if you take it with so much positivity, it's going to get you to that next level. Mm. So maybe tell us about the women, if they've been supportive, if not, like how have you navigated through that and all of that? Yeah, so it's it's quite interesting because I also had a woman boss yeah. in my first um, job. Yeah. And... Yeah, she was quite cutthroat. She was yeah. very direct, straight to the point, yeah. aggressive. Um, but she actually gave good feedback points. There were some that I didn't agree to, mm -hmm. um, but there were some that have made me who I am today. Mm. There were some that have really given me that thick skin that I needed to get. Yeah. Um, and for me, the other sort of inspiration or driving force behind wanting to support women is I don't know what happens, but I think once women get to a certain level in their career, they kind of want to take on that role of a man, become mm -hmm. aggressive, you know. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm the yeah. only one who's experienced yeah. this. Yeah. But it's it's been hard to extract mentorship from women personally. Mm -hmm. Um and I've just extracted mentorship from a lot of male colleagues yeah um, who's actually been very supportive yeah um my current leader has been so supportive in mm. my journey mm -hmm. um and so if you can't identify women who can support you identify men who yeah. can support you because yeah. they've probably interacted with other women in leadership exactly. and they can give you some pointers yeah. um but definitely like speak to Rahel mm. speak to me on yeah. LinkedIn if yeah. this is support you need because um, I do recognize that it is challenging to exactly. have women who can give you that positive reinforcement, exactly. that support, yeah. Yeah. Um, and who can also share with you the realities of their journey exactly. and what they went through yeah. and not just the cream of the cake, exactly. you know, the yeah. icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been my experience. I don't know, maybe... <laughs> What, what my experience has been so as i mentioned so i had a woman boss um my, my first proper job professional job i had a woman boss and she really i went through hell i will not lie to you i remember i cried i mean i know i look strong and everything but i cried i used to cry a lot and the unfortunate thing is it compromised my health at one point because i thought i was coping and i thought yeah i'm strong and all that and i thought i was coping but i was not coping so it mm -hmm. ended up affecting my physical health and my mental health. But then for the physical health, it affected my heart. So I actually talk about that in, in one of the posts that I've done. Um, and, and that's unfortunate that it came to that because for me, I'm always passionate about everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I never do things half and half. 
So everything that I do, I do it with a lot of passion, with a lot of energy. And then you have this woman boss here who feels like you're not giving enough. You're mm -hmm. not doing the best that you can, dictating what you need to say in meetings and not supporting you in the right way. I mean, she helped me in some ways. And I think I'm speaking like this because she really pushed me so hard because she's telling me there are certain things that I say that are not coming out um, as articulate as they need to come out. So she helped me. I went through hell, but she helped me because first of all, I said, this is um, a boss that I would never, I'd never want to become a boss like this. That's mm -hmm. number one. And then the other thing is just collaborating with your teammates and, you know, pulling them to like, you're just pulling someone. If they are weak in one thing, you try and teach them because one thing that I believe is you can never be perfect. You can never have everything. Like there's one thing that you're not good at and there are other things that you're really good at. And this one thing that you're not good at, someone is going to help you in that. So mm -hmm. you can learn from people. So I believe if someone in your team is not doing what they need to do or they are slacking in one area, you can actually pull them up. Yeah. And you pull them up in the right way because you can actually push someone down to a place where they lack self-esteem, where they feel like they do not believe in themselves and they will not obviously perform mm -hmm. to the level that you want them to perform. So I feel like, or I, I rather believe that if you just mold someone um, and mentor someone because you, you are a mentor, you are a coach. And if you see this weak spot or this weakness, you can actually point it out to them in the right way. And then hopefully mold them up and hopefully they'll be open to learn because not everyone is open to learn because people sometimes become defensive when you tell them about their weaknesses. Yeah. And I've had that um, as well. So I believe that um, as, as women bosses, even as women, women to women, we need to support each other yeah. because we are going through a lot in this corporate world, in our personal lives, being moms and wives and all that. We juggle quite a lot. So imagine if you have other women um, putting you down because of certain aspects, whether it's at work, whether it's, um, you know, as you're driving anywhere, it's, it, it, it makes it a little bit harder. So let's support each other. And hopefully, um, because, you know, people are saying the future is female. I don't know if the future is female. I think it's for everyone. It's yeah. not just female. <laughs> let's come together. Let's build a world that is, you know, inclusive for everyone and mm -hmm. you know our lives will just be we will be better so as as we come to an end maybe let me ask you you obviously go home to your husband and your children yeah. what does your husband appreciate about you and the things that you are doing maybe three things that he appreciates whether it's on the personal side or on the career side because i'm sure there are some attributes that he saw mm -hmm. um, and he's saying that he really talks about and he appreciates it what are those three things just three things <laughs> wow that's a good question yeah. um yeah so i was actually having a call with a client recently yeah. and after the call he was like wow you're really good at at relationship building and yeah. I, I didn't think that yeah but yeah he thinks i'm really good at building relationships one-on-one -on -one, which yeah. i guess is also a characteristic of introverts mm -hmm. like me yeah um my attention to detail oh, sometimes nice. it's it's it can be a devil <laughs> But yeah. yeah, sometimes it's needed. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple of times where he he didn't know the flight was in, in the morning and he had planned to go to yeah. the airport in the evening. Um, wow. And thanks to my attention to yeah. detail, I saved the day. Yeah. 
Um, lastly, I guess it's just being able to be there for, for the kids. Okay. Um, so like one of the things I do is every single day I drop my son at school. Oh, wow. Um, so irrespective of whether there's a meeting, whatever is happening yeah. at work, yeah. I, I try and be there for the kids mm-hmm. as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so important to have that supportive partner yeah. when you are raising kids. Um, because it's important for your kids to yeah. to have that support from from the yeah. parents and yeah. to know that um, and you know to not grow up thinking the household exactly. is the mother or exactly. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess those are the three. Oh, things. nice! And and thanks to your husband for seeing all this. And um, I mean, with women and you know juggling all these things as well. When you have a supportive partner, as you say, and they keep reaffirming you and validating and all these things that they do to just make you do what you're doing. And continue doing what you're doing is really, really important. So thank you to Rebecca's husband. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm, I'm sure that's why you are the way you are right now. Obviously, he's supporting that. So thank you so much. So thank you so much, Rebecca. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so glad there are so many similarities between us. And I'm so yeah. glad that you can actually put yourself out there and actually share your story with us and with everyone. And you do that on LinkedIn. So maybe if you don't mind, you can share um, how people people can contact you in case they need to be coached because you coach uh, you're a leadership coach or just anything like if someone just wants to reach out to you to say thank you for sharing your story how can they reach you good so i will share with you a link i do have a gift for all your um watches um it is uh, a design to lead roadmap so it will basically give you the steps to building a personal brand Mm -hmm. that that you can use or well not use but building your brand to leadership yeah um so i'll share that with you and you can drop it in the show notes yeah um but if you want to reach out i am on linkedin that's where i spend a lot of my time on social Mm -hmm. and rebecca morioki Nice. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Like, I'm really, really humbled. So let me tell you, when I get guests onto my show, sometimes it's not easy getting people, yeah, to come and talk about their stories. But the grace that you have given me and the grace that you've shown and you sharing your story, it means so much to me. And I'm hoping that your story will inspire, even if it's just one person. For me, let me tell you, I don't do this for millions of people I just mm-hmm. do it for one person mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that your story will inspire one person and if you are that one person please let us know you can reach out to Rebecca and just say thank you for sharing her story and I'm looking forward to having even more and more guests come on to the show thank you Rebecca mm-hmm.